We're going to talk about the timeline. Uh, it's an article, <clears throat> and I gave you the, the thing that's printing out. Has the link to the article that you can go to yourself and read yourself. Um, let's pray, and then uh, when that, that should be finished in a little bit. Maybe it is finished. All right. Well, Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the cool breeze and the cold weather you're sending here at Christmas time to make everything seem a little more Christmassy. Father, we just thank you for all your grace given to us. We ask tonight, God, you just uh, help us to learn, to open our minds, and that you would, by your Spirit, teach us. And Father, we pray in particular that you would help us to be a people that trusts your word, no matter what the world says. That, Lord, we look to, first and foremost, what your word declares to us. And everything in the world is ordered according to that. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit living in us. We thank you that you have called us to be a people to give witness to you in this world. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's, uh, let's start here with this sheet that... Um, not the timeline. We're going to look at the timeline. So I printed out a four-page timeline, basically, that um, covers from the promise made to Abraham to the Exodus. And so on this uh, Lesson 7 handout, uh, that's not the timeline table, but the words... So, Lesson 7, From the Promise to the Exodus. So, if we go back, if we go back in our timeline to 1921 B.C., that was the year that God calls Abram out of his homeland. And God makes a promise to Abram when he calls him out. He gives him a promise. We're going to read that promise in just a moment. And then if we fast forward to 1491 B.C., 1491 B.C. is the year that Moses leads the exodus of God's people out of Egypt. And if you subtract 1491 from 1921, you come up with 430 years. And what the Scripture teaches us, though... I will confess to you, I have not always paid close attention. I read the scripture and took for granted um, things I should not have taken for granted. Now, Mr. John Youngblood is with us tonight. And the Bible says, of course... He's with us most Wednesday nights, but I don't normally put him on the spot. But the Bible says to be instant in season and out of season. Uh, and I was just wondering, John, since you have been to proper seminary, did they talk about this challenge uh, or difficulty in the Bible 
of how many years, exactly how many years did the children of Israel spend in, in Egypt? They didn't, cover that. they didn't cover that. What they did cover was that they didn't believe that the Bible was inspired by God and was the word of God. They did not believe that. That was the seminary I went to. Yes, well, I, I knew that, and um, I'm, I'm glad you came out as good as you did. <laughs> by the grace of God. <clears throat> right, well, good, good for you. So, um, that's what I want to talk about tonight. And I want to talk about this because most Christians read their Bibles and they don't question. And they don't really get into the math. And I saw this a couple of weeks ago doing my timeline study. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little bum-fuzzled. <clears throat> and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Um, we're about half the time we should be, uh, according to the biblical chronology. Uh, and I didn't mention it, um, and, and I still am studying this, but I wanted to tackle this tonight before our two-week break. And one of the reasons I wanted to, to introduce this, and we're going to probably talk more about this, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this is because you need to be equipped because there are critics of the Bible out there who will use this very thing to convince you that the Bible is not the inspired word of God. See, the Bible says this and the math doesn't add up. And we know from history um, a lot of things, but we know from history, a lot of things that are not correct also. And what I want to begin with tonight is I want you to be confident in the biblical record because the biblical record gets it right. It's man who gets it wrong. And if you actually, I've read some fascinating history. I've read some fascinating things that uh, modern archaeologists and modern historians, and I I think I told you about this. Mr. Brooks brought this up um, uh, a few weeks ago and, and probably two years ago or more now. I watched, and I can never remember the name of it. Um, it's not the documentary that you were talked about. It's another one. But this documentary is they have archaeologists, they have historians, and these, all of these archaeologists and historians are not Christians. They're not, they don't believe the Bible's inerrant, but they're honest. And they said, you know, based on our latest findings, based on current archaeological discoveries, based on what we know right now, uh, the historians have gotten it wrong. And the whole timeline that all of history is judged by needs to be adjusted by several hundred years. And these historians and archaeologists are saying, we know this now. And, and um, it's, it's quite fascinating. And so uh, I'm, I'm trying to find that documentary. I'd actually like to watch it. I'd actually like to maybe show it. Uh, we might have to do it in the trip center or somewhere. You might have to all come to my house and we'll, we'll uh, pack into my living room. Um, but it's, it's absolutely worth seeing. And so th these are some of the things that I, I want to touch on tonight so I, want to, I also want to give credit where credit is due. 
None of the information I'm giving you tonight is original. There are no original thoughts. There's nothing new under the sun, uh, Solomon said. And so the information from Lesson 7 comes from an article found at Answers in Genesis. Answers in Genesis is a phenomenal uh, site that you can go to that has all sorts of information about not just creation science, but archaeology, history, biblical history, world history. Uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, man, it's just a really, uh, a, a site that has lots of, of assets and resources for the believer. And in particular, there's an article there titled, How Long Were the Israelites in Egypt? By David Wright. He wrote this, published it in July of 2010. So this is not a, a new article. But relatively speaking, when we talk about history and archaeology, a lot of these questions and a lot of these things that are coming up are relatively new because you realize that uh, men have dated things in the world. World history has been dated based on Egypt. So Egypt is our baseline for world history. If we're talking about Greeks or Romans or Egyptians, or the Bible, it doesn't matter. Egypt and the history of Egypt and the chronology of Egypt is the baseline for world history, basically, in archaeology. Um, and so you can go to this link. It's in your, your thing there. You can copy and paste that to find the entire article. And then there's also links related to that, helpful links and related links. And then specifically... I've, I gave you the link to the specific article that I get uh, some of this information or most of this information from. So let's. So the title of this lesson is "From the Promise to the Exodus." So God makes a promise to Abraham or to Abram. He was not Abraham then; he was Abram. Genesis chapter twelve. It's recorded for us in Genesis twelve verses one through four. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in all your families of the earth and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So God makes a promise to Abram. Then in Galatians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, Paul references a date, 430 years. Let's read that, Galatians 3, 16 through 18. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. That's referencing back up beginning in Genesis 12, 1 through 4, what I just read. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law which was 430 years later. Okay, let's stop there. The, the law was 430 years later than what? 
later than the promise given. That's right. Now, we can read over that and we can not really pay close attention and not realize what Paul is saying here. The law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. And Paul says here in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16 through 18, specifically in verse 17, he says, the law came 430 years after the promise given to Abraham. So from the time the promise is made to Abram or Abraham, there in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4, from the time the promise is made to Abraham to the coming of the law or the giving of the law is how many years? 430 years, Paul writes in Galatians. So it was 430 years prior to the exodus when Abraham first lived in Egypt. Now let's stop there for just a moment. The best interpretation of the Bible is the Bible. And so here in Paul's letter to the Galatians, Paul is giving us commentary on the Old Testament. Now there's lots of commentators today. There's lots of good commentators today. But I'm going to tell you what. There's no better commentator of the Bible than the Holy Spirit. And Paul wrote his letter under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is giving us Old Testament commentary recorded for us in the New Testament. And we should trust the commentary given to us under inspiration of the Holy Spirit more than we trust the commentators, no matter how good they are, no matter how good the archaeology and the history we think it is, we should trust the Bible more than we trust the men writing commentaries today or the archaeologists digging up things today in the earth, or historians writing history today in books. I want to stress this to you. Trust your Bible. It has been proven trustworthy time and time again. There is no book on the face of the earth that has more evidence to prove its, its reliability. We trust the reliability of books that have far, infinitely less evidence than the Bible. And we trust them primarily because those books don't make a demand on our life, and the Bible does. And if we're going to say the Bible is real, true, holy, inspired by God, it is God's Word, and we should obey it, then if I say that, now I become accountable to it. If I say it's not, and it's just a story that men wrote, or it's an unreliable compilation of writings uh, gathered together by men who meant well, but were misguided by their emotional need and weakness for a crutch called a God. If that's what you believe, then you're not going to believe the Bible, and you're going to believe that the Bible is not reliable, and you're going to live your life the way you want to live it, 
may conform to the Bible in some ways, but you're never going to be responsible or live your life in a way that you're responsible, though we are all responsible to the Word of God. And so let me read this excerpt from this article, How Long Were the Israelites in Egypt? Uh, here it begins with this phrase, Dr. Floyd Nolan. Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones also concludes in his title, The Chronology of the Old Testament, that not only was Abraham a member of the nation of Israel, but that the 400 years of sojourning and affliction started with Isaac's weaning at five years of age when Ishmael mocked him. This point about Isaac's weaning and Ishmael's mocking 30 years after the promise is also concluded by James Usher in his The Annals of the World. That's that big book sitting over there. And Usher, in his Annals of the World, says there are three verses that clearly teach us this reality. This is the biblical record. And Usher records Galatians 4.29, Genesis 15.13, and Acts 7.6. So what is the point that Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones is concluding here? He's concluding that the 400 years of sojourning and affliction started with Isaac's weaning when they had the party for Isaac and Ishmael was mocking Isaac, which resulted in Ishmael and Hagar being cast out. And that 30 years, that occurred, that weaning occurred 30 years after the promise. So the persecution of Israel, we might say, began 30 years after the promise was made. And here are the scriptures that Usher says point this out. Galatians 4.29 But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. This is in Galatians 4 where Paul is drawing a parallel between um, Hagar and Sarah, Mount Sinai, and Mount... Um, yeah, the earthly Jerusalem and the heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, the Jerusalem below and the Jerusalem above. Sinai and Mount Zion. So it's the earthly Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. It's Sinai, where the law was given. It's Zion, where the presence of God dwells. And it is um, um, Ishmael and Isaac. Well, in Galatians 4, 29, this specific verse, Paul says, But he who was born according to the flesh, that's Ishmael, then persecuted. He said, Ishmael then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. That's Isaac. Who was the promise given to? Abraham, but also to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and all of God's people. But it began with Abraham. Huh? Including the Gentiles, yes. 
Genesis 5.13, then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants, or your seed, will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict you, and they will afflict them 400 years. And then Acts chapter 7, verse 6. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land, that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. Usher goes on. So he says in his Annals of the World, based on these verses, Galatians 4.29, Genesis 15.13, Acts 7 verse 6, we conclude that this persecution started at this time when Isaac was five years old and Abraham made this feast. This was 30 years after Abraham left Haran. So for a more detailed look at when and in what order these events took place and to learn a few other interesting facts, there is a timeline that I have made a copy of to give to you. Now, there's also one other page there, and we're not really at a point where we're going to talk a lot about this. But there's a little table here, table two, the genealogy of Aaron and Moses while in Egypt. And the reason this table is here is because of Genesis 15, 16. It's, it's down there at the bottom of that last page. And it says, but in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. This is what God was telling Abraham. You're, you and your people are going to go sojourn in Egypt. And they're going to go to this land that's not their own. They're going to sojourn there, but they're going to return in the fourth generation. And they shall return here because it's not time yet, basically. But when the time has come, God says, I'll bring them back in the fourth generation. Now, um, Scripture is clear about the genealogy of Moses and Aaron. In Numbers 26, 58 and 59, it says, Kohath begot Amran. The name of Amran's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, who was born to Levi in Egypt. And to Amran, she bore Aaron and Moses and their sister Miriam. And the point here, and I didn't copy this, we'll, we'll talk more about this, but there was a discussion about the number of generations that, that, um, that Israel was in Egypt. And then it, it was actually a discussion about genealogies and how the genealogies have gaps, and they must have gaps because the dates don't line up with modern history. With what we know today, the dates don't line up. And for instance, and I think David's probably in the documentary you were talking about, and I know it was in the one that I'm still trying to remember the name to. Um, but basically, um, for instance, in the 18th and 19th, I don't know if they call it uh, the 18th and 19th dynasty of Egypt, when supposedly the, the Israelites were there and building the cities and building the pyramids and under Ramses is who they say that, that the Egyptians were enslaved under. There is no evidence. There's no historical evidence in Egypt. There's no historical evidence anywhere of Israelites being in Egypt. 
The only evidence of Semitic people being in Egypt is like 300 years earlier. Well, guess what happens when you adjust the timeline according to the biblical record and now according to what many historians and many archaeologists have dug up and discovered and what, what secular, not Christian, what secular, even atheistic archaeologists and historians are saying now is the whole historical timeline needs to be shifted back about 300 years because we've missed it. We've gotten it wrong. And we've got history and archaeology to prove it. But they're too invested in the age-old timeline. And so they won't rewrite all the books. They're too invested because all of history is based, is tied to this timeline. But when you make that adjustment, I mean all the evidence is there of the Israelites being in Egypt, of uh, the Israelites going through the promised land and, and taking the city of Jericho. That evidence exists. The reason it's not written about as confirming the Bible is because they say it doesn't line up with the timeline of the Bible. Well, guess what now history and archaeology is proving? What's right? Not man's timeline. The biblical timeline is actually right. And the evidence that proves all of these things happen, it's actually there in the ground. They're digging it up. They just don't attribute it to the biblical record because it misses it by about 300 years. And so, um, anyways, let's go to uh, any questions. Yes, sir. Yeah, they did. Remember when Abraham went to Egypt and he says, don't tell them you're my wife, tell them you're my sister? Yeah. Abraham went to Egypt. But, yes, I know. But he, he didn't stay there. He stayed there only long enough for, them, for God to say, hey, don't mess Right, there. right. Give them a bunch of stuff and let them go. And right. So what, what, what these um, theologians are saying is the persecution started with Ishmael. and say, well, Ishmael wasn't an Egyptian. Well, his mother was an Egyptian. But that's... God's, yes, the persecution of God's people at the hands of... Their, because they're sojourning in a land that's not their own. So let's... And that's why I printed this timeline out. So we can look at these... Uh, scripture specifically. And so let's just look at this. <clears throat> let's look at this timeline. Um, I'm sorry. Let me. Let me get let me uh, reduce it in size just a little bit so I can get everything on one page. Hmm. Why can't I get this to? Hmm. Well, for some reason I can't. Uh, I can't bring it down. There it is. Maybe that's it. 
Maybe it's not it. Okay, it's all right. All right, number one there, God makes his promise to Abram and he leaves Haran. So we read, we've already read Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We actually read 1 through, through 4. And then we also looked at, here's another scripture, Galatians 3, 16 and 18. Um, I think we actually read that also. And we looked specifically at verse 17 that says, And this I say that the law which was 430 years later, from the giving of the promise, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ. So, <clears throat> again, the promise is given when Abraham is 75 years old. Now, you'll notice uh, you've got the patriarch. That is dealing with Abraham. His age is 75 when the promise is given. Years from the promise. So, it at year zero represents that year of Abraham's life when God gives him the promise. Leave your land, go to the place, and I will bless you, and you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And those who bless you, I'll bless. Those who curse you, I'll curse. Years from the promise. And then you have years to the exodus. So from that day, that from that promise, there is 430 years we look into the future when the exodus will happen. How do we know that 430 years is from that time of promise? Because the scripture gives us that. Galatians 3, 16 through 18. All right, note two. God tells Abram, his descendants, will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Genesis 15, 13. Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Acts chapter 7, verse 6. But God spoke in this way that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land, that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them 400 years. Who did God say that to in Genesis 15? The patriarch, again, is Abraham. This is somewhere from zero to 10 years from the time the promise is given. We don't know if God said that right after or if it was years after. So Abraham is anywhere from 75 to 85 years old when that word is given to him by God. So years from the promise, zero to 10. Years to the Exodus, 420 to 430. Genesis 16, verses 3 and 4. This is when Abram, is, he's lived in Canaan for 10 years and he takes Hagar as his wife and he conceives, or she conceives, Ishmael. Genesis 16, 3 through 4. Then Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. Well, now we know it's ten years because the Bible tells us. After he dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, so he went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, 
her mistress became despised in her eyes. In other words, Hagar began to despise Sarah. So, this patriarch, again, is Abraham. We know it's 10 years because the scripture says, so now Abraham, the promise is given at age 75. Now we're 10 years in, so Abraham is 85 years old when, when uh, Hagar conceives Ishmael. And so we are um, now 85 to 75 years from the day the promise is given, and we are now 430 to 420 years, or actually we're 420. We know it's 10 years, so we're 420 years out uh, to b before the Exodus gets here, and we're 75 um, uh, 85 to 75 years from the day of promise. And they're in the land of Canaan. And they're in the land of Canaan, yes. Now, this, uh, this, is just, this is just me, the way I'm thinking about this. They are in the land of Canaan, but it's not their land. It is the promised land, but it, not yet, that's right. Because Abraham had to buy his burial plot to bury his wife. Because he didn't own any land. It wasn't his land. Um, <clears throat> but it's the land God promises. It becomes their land later. And we're going to see, as we go through this timeline, when it becomes their land. It becomes their land when they go in and take it. In Genesis 15, would that not apply while they're in Canaan? That what? A land that is... Yes, I believe so, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. It almost has to be given that they're not in Egypt. Yes. But they are in a land not of their own. Right. God hasn't given it to them. That's right. That's right. All right, so we get to note number four. Ishmael is born. So Hagar, uh, Genesis 16, 15 and 16. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old. <clears throat> so we know that he was 85 when she conceived. Now when Ishmael is born, the biblical record tells us that Abram is 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So 86 minus uh, uh, 75 is 11. So um, we're talking about years uh, from the promise. So it's 86 years from the promise. But now we are moving 11 years closer to... Am I getting mixed up? All right. He, he's 86 from the promise. No, Abraham is 86. Yes. The promise is 75. Yes, he's 75. Well, it's only 11. I'm sorry. He's, yeah, I'm so sorry. It's 11 years. Yes, you're right. I am getting mixed up. Lots of numbers here. It's 11 years from the promise. So we were 10 years from the promise at the conception. We're 11 years from the promise um, when Ishmael is born, and we're 419 years from the Exodus. Now, Isaac is born. So, Ishmael is born when, a when Abram is 86. 
Genesis 21.5. Now Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born to him. How old is Ishmael? He's 14 years old when Isaac is born. And so now we're 14 years, we're 14 years out, or it's 14 years difference between Abraham, between Ishmael and Isaac, and now we're 25 years out from the promise. And we're 405 years to go till we get to the Exodus, when Isaac is born. The next is when Isaac is weaned and Ishmael mocks or Paul writes this in his letter in the Galatians that Ishmael persecutes Isaac. That's the term that Paul uses. And I think Paul uses that term on purpose because I think Paul understood this timeline even though we don't. He understood it. Yeah, that's the way that it would have been counted. They would have, they would have understood that. The Jews then would have absolutely understood this. So Abram was 100 years old when Isaac was born, uh, but when Isaac is weaned, so the child grew. Genesis 21, 8 and 9. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. So now we've got Abraham, we've got Isaac, and we've got Ishmael as the seed of Abraham. Abraham and his descendants. And we are 19 years. We're 19, uh, I'm sorry, we're... We're 30 years out from the promise. So this is, when you talk about Israel's time in Egypt, you have 400 years and you got 430 years. Paul says in Galatians, from the time of the promise to the Exodus, it's 430 years. And so now at Isaac's weaning, when Isaac is five years old, so you mamas, just remember, if your baby wants to nurse till he's five years old, that's okay. Isaac did with his mama. Just saying. But his mama did not have Isaac. Well, that's true. Yeah. Come on, I got another one coming. So now, now we're 30 years out from the promise. We're 30 years out. And this is, this is the time that Paul speaks of when he says that Ishmael persecutes Isaac, the child of promise. It's this exact time. And now we are 400 years to the Exodus. So starting with the weaning of Isaac, the persecution of the children of promise begins. Now, um, I didn't read. Let me just look, look through some of these notes here just for a moment. All right, a note here on this note. Um, Galatians points out that Ishmael persecuted Isaac, which is a paralleled, 
which is paralleled with the unbelieving Jews persecuting Christians in Galatians. That's what Paul's drawing the parallel between. <clears throat> so if the persecution of the Hebrews started with this event in Genesis 21, 8 through 9, it was to last 400 years. And it was 430 years from the promise to the exodus that means this event of Ishmael persecuting or mocking Isaac happened 30 years after God's promise to Abraham. So then 30 years is added to the known age of Abraham, 75, when he received the promise and left Haran. This would then make Abraham 105 at the time of Isaac's weaning. And since we know Isaac was born when Abraham was 100, then we know Isaac was five years old. Also, we know that Abraham was 86 when Ishmael was born. So he was, Ishmael, 19 years old at the time of Isaac's weaning when he begins to persecute Isaac. Now, we fast forward to Genesis 24. So Isaac is weaned there. Now Isaac marries Rebekah, Genesis 24. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean, Genesis 25, verse 20. <clears throat> so now we are 65 years on the other side of the promise. And we are 365 years looking toward the exodus. Then Esau and Jacob are born. So after this, his brother came out, Genesis 25, 26, with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. <clears throat> Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. So how old was Isaac? He was 40 when they got married. Now he's 60 when the twins are born. So we're 85 years on the other side of the promise. We're 345 years from the Exodus. Then in, in Genesis 25, 7, it records the death of Abraham. Altogether, Abraham lived 175 years. <clears throat> and so now we are... 100 years on the other side of the promise, and we're 330 years from the Exodus. Here's a note. Now that Abraham has died, we need a new way to calculate years from the promise. Since we know Isaac was born 25 years after the promise, we can now simply add 25 to his age to calculate the years from the promise. So now, since Abraham is dead... We're going to use Isaac as our marker to calculate years from the promise and years to the exodus. Jacob is blessed by Isaac. He leaves for Paddan Aram and begins working for Laban. Genesis 27, 29, and 20. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 27 through chapter 29, verse 20, tells that whole story. Now we're 162 years on the other side of the exit of the promise, 268 years from the exodus. 
We know Jacob was 91 at the time Joseph was born. Joseph was born 14 years after Jacob started working for Laban. So that means Jacob was 77 when he started his service to Laban in order to have Rachel as his wife. Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. Genesis 29, 21 through 28 is where this is recorded. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. Fulfill her week, and we will give you this one also for the service which you will serve with me still another seven years. Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife also. So now we're 169 years on the other side of God speaking to Abram. Go from your homeland to a land that I will show you. And we're 261 years from the exodus. Seven years passed so that Jacob could receive Rachel as his wife, but Laban deceived him and gave him Leah instead. Jacob agreed to work another seven years for Rachel a week later. So Jacob's age was 84 and Isaac's age was 144. Jacob's children are born. This is recorded for us in Genesis 29 and 30. And there's a chart there you can look at. We're not going to look at that. Let's skip down to note 13, that Joseph is born. And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children whom I have served you and let me go for you know my service, which I've done for you. Genesis 30, 25 through 26. Um, 176 years from the promise, 254 years from, uh, away from the exodus. Jacob's age, Joseph's birth, is not recorded in Scripture. We can figure it out by using Scripture in some simple math. From note 18, we know that Jacob and Joseph were 91 years apart, which means Jacob was 91 when Joseph was born. And since we already know Isaac was 60 when Jacob was born, we now know that Isaac was 151 when Joseph was born. Jacob leaves the service of Laban, Genesis 31, verse 41. And he leaves, um, <clears throat> I've served you 14 years for your daughters and six years for your flocks a total of 20 years, this puts, uh, this puts Jacob leaving Paddan Aram 182 years on the other side of God's promise to, to his grandfather Abram, Abraham. And we are now 248 years away from the Exodus. Now we fast forward to Joseph sold by his brothers and taken into Egypt. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report to them. And, you know, the story goes, they wanted to kill him, but they ended up selling him to Midianite traders, and they sold him as a slave in Egypt. This is recorded in Genesis 37.2. In verses 28 and verse 36. 
And so we are now, Joseph is 17 years old, we can calculate it, we're 193 years on the other side of the promise, 237 years from the Exodus. Note 16, Isaac dies. Now, when Isaac dies, we're going to have to find somebody else as our point of reference for calculating these things. And the scripture says in Genesis 35, 28, and 29 that Isaac was 180 years old when he dies. And so, <clears throat> we're 205 years from the promise, and we have 225 years to go before we get to the exodus. This note, after Isaac's death, we need a new way to calculate years from promise. We know that Isaac was 60 when Jacob was born, note 8, and that Jacob was, and that he was 25 years after the promise. Therefore, we'll add now 85 years, 60 plus 25, we'll add 85 years to Jacob's age in order to calculate years from the promise. Yes. Joseph has been yeah. He's been a slave or in prison. Yes. For at least 37. Been in there 12 years. Yeah. My thought process is this. All of this history has been told by Abraham from the moment he got the promise to his mm -hmm. Yeah. He dies. The promised son, Isaac, dies. Mm -hmm. Nothing has happened except Joseph is lost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they think he's dead. <clears throat> right. I don't know. I'm just thinking of, I'm paralleling it to the church mm. and waiting yeah. for Christ. And, and uh, because Galatians is all about law and faith. Right. And contrasting that and how so many go back to the law mm -hmm. for security. Yes. Something physical, something mm -hmm. they can put their hands on rather than the gift of faith. Yeah. Absolutely. And nothing, they saw nothing that I'm looking at here uh, along the way to say, yes, it's the promise. Right. It's still good. Everybody's dying that the promise was a Right. And they still don't own the land. Exactly. Yeah. And they're about to be worse. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it really, and that's why the scripture says these people are examples for us. Not just in what they should or shouldn't have done, but this whole working out of God's promise and bringing about God's plan and purpose. We, we should learn well from this because you're exactly right. And this where faith is a gift. I mean, the gift of faith. These people had to live by faith, trusting God. And there was not a lot that they were seeing on the ground that would make them believe that all those promises God gave to Grandpa Abraham, great-grandpa Abraham, Grandpa Jacob, uh, what's the deal? There's lots of persecution. There's lots of oppression going on here. Uh, and, and this is the point, and this is exactly Paul's point in talking about that 430 years from the day the promise is made to Abraham. All right, so Joseph is made second in command by Pharaoh. This is recorded in Genesis 41, 46. Uh, and so now we're 206 years on the other side of the promise to Abraham. 
We're 224 years uh, from the Exodus. And so based on the information in notes 18 and 13, we easily calculate Jacob's and Levi's ages. Um, then the next note, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Uh, and they're reunited with Jacob, his father, and, and the family. And they all move to Egypt. So Genesis 45, verses 4 through 6, Joseph says to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me here before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. So we're 215 years from the promise and we're 215 years to the Exodus. We're at the halfway point right here where Joseph reveals himself to his brothers as the Savior, we're at the halfway point. Man, I mean, this is, this is amazing. The Bible is just an amazing book. Jacob dies. So Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, Genesis 47, 28. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. So, we're 232 years from the promise, 198 to the Exodus. Joseph was 91 years younger than Jacob. Therefore, Joseph was 56 when Jacob died, and Levi was 60 since he was four years older than Joseph. Joseph dies, note 20. Genesis 50, verses 22 and 26. So Joseph dwelt in the land, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. So Joseph died, being 110 years old. All right, now we're 286 years from the promise, and we have 144 years to go till we get to the Exodus. Now that Joseph has died, the strict timeline with the Bible providing precise ages has ended. However, since we know the time from the promise to the Exodus was 430 years, we can still calculate how much time has passed between Joseph's death and the birth of Moses. Only 64 years passed from the time Joseph died to when Moses was born. Did you ever think about that? I didn't. I've never done this math. I've never thought about this. But God puts these numbers in here for a reason. If we pay attention to them, we can learn a whole lot. Now, in order to calculate years from promise here, we can use Joseph's age, 110. The age difference between him and Jacob, 91. And the number of years Jacob was born after the promise, 85. Levi dies. <clears throat> so again, 309 years um, from the promise, 121 to the Exodus. So let's, let's look at this note here. Calculating the years from promise here gets a little tricky, but still not too difficult. So here's what we know. Man, is the math teacher following this? Where is she? It's amazing. Um, I need to have her review this for us. It was 286 years from the promise when Joseph died, note 20. 
Levi was four years older than Joseph, note 13, so he was 114 when Joseph died. Levi died at the age of 137, which is 23 years between their deaths. So if we add 1 and 3, 286 plus 23 to come up with years from promise, that's where we get the 309. So Moses now is born. That's our next benchmark here. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 records the birth of Moses. And at the birth of Moses, we are 350 years from from the time of the promise was given. We are only 80 years from the Exodus. Because Moses was 80 years old when God sent him back to Egypt. Oops, let me find my place here. So since we know Moses was 80 years old at the time of the Exodus, we can subtract 80 from 430 and, and add his age in order to calculate years from promise, 350. So Moses kills the Egyptian. Um, and when that happens, Moses is uh, 40 years old. That is recorded in Exodus 2, 11 through 15. Um, let's read uh, Stephen's statement recorded for us in Acts chapter 7, verse 23 through 29. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting, and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are my brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he did this to his neighbor wrong. But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. So Moses is 40 years old at this point. We're 390 years away from the promise, and we're only 40 years from the exodus. Moses was 40 when he fled to the backside of the wilderness and stayed there for 40 years. So Moses and Aaron, now our next one is when Moses and Aaron speak to Pharaoh and then lead the exodus out of Egypt. Exodus 7, 7, and Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Exodus 12, 40 and 41. That is 430 years from the promise made, and that is the beginning of the Exodus. Now, that got us through the timeline, and that should have created a lot of questions. Yes. Not 
Yes, it, that's right. Yes. 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 That's right. Is it given in Scripture, and I can't think if it is, how long they dwelt in the land of Goshen free and as guests, uh, privileged guests, until they went into slavery? Well, I think it was pretty much the time they got there because when they got there, uh, he, they gave them the land of Goshen because remember... Um, they weren't enslaved. They, they weren't enslaved. That, enslaved right. Pharaoh came that did not know uh, Jacob. Uh, right. It would have been after Joseph's death that they would have been enslaved in that sense. So let's see. Joseph was uh, 39 when they came, and he died when he was 110. Mm-hmm. So there's 71 years. So they were in the land of Goshen, roughly. Right. But at least 71 years, they enjoyed uh, non-slavery. So we're, we're going to talk some more about this because there, there are questions I know that you have to have, and, and they're legitimate questions, and they're questions which um, there are answers to. Uh, and what, what I discovered in doing this study was that... Um, there's a way you can read the Bible, which is fine, and you can get spiritual truth and grow spiritually, but you realize, you know, it's what I tell people very often, the Bible's kind of like the ocean. You can dip your toes in it, or you can dive into it and never plumb the depth of it. And you realize as you begin to study this, God puts these, you know, quirky, you know, Moses was, uh, or Abraham was 75 years old, or he was 110 years old when blah, blah, blah. Well, all of those dates are there for a reason. And if you, you can assemble those dates and you can discover a lot of things. And when we just do a cursory reading of the Bible, you think that the Egyptians were under hard bondage in, in, Israel, in, in Egypt for most of 430 years. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, it's not true. Um, it is true that they sojourned in a land that was not their own. It is true that they were persecuted. And they were afflicted uh, for 430 years. But we have to be really careful as we're reading the Bible, and we have to let the Bible give us the interpretation, not what we think in our own mind or what we've been told by somebody else. we got to let the Bible be the interpretation for the Bible. So we're going to stop there, 729. And we're going to come back to this. So you've got two weeks. We're not going to have Bible study next Wednesday or the Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's. So we'll reconvene the Wednesday after New Year's.